Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. And you're back. I am back. Yay. Welcome back. Thank you. I was I was out. I had this is germane to something I want to talk about today. So I had very minor surgery about as of this recording, it's been about a month and a half ish, a little bit more ago. And it was on my ear, so I couldn't really do podcasting. I could hear. Mm-hmm. I have two ears. Right. I could hear out of the other ear. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't really wear uh, headphones or um, like it would have been really difficult. So um, I enjoyed listening to you with our special guest, Rachel. And I know you had a solo episode that I'm looking forward to. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm back. And I hope that I do not have to be out again, If especially not for something like that, because it was not fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be out, be out for something fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I hope I hope we did a good job. You did. <laughs> you did. You did. And I learned so much from the discussion of romanticy. And um, I may have some future news for the pod about that particular subject, nice. in fact. So even though I don't read a ton of high or epic fantasy, I do read like what you would call low fantasy or urban fantasy that has romantic mm-hmm. elements as well as other kinds of romance. So it was a super fun. I don't know if those books are for me, but I may I may pick one of them up. I may like look through what's... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I may try. You know, what's funny is the, the book that talks about the Fae Night Court. All I could hear was like the sitcom Night Court. And I was like... <laughs> There would be a fun mashup. Maybe I will have to write that. So. That would actually be really funny. And I think you should. <laughs> okay. And I think if you read one, you should let us know what you think. Oh, I absolutely will. Yes, yes. <laughs> but today we're talking about, I'm actually going to talk about something that I got into during my recovery, uh, which is adult coloring books. And you're going to be talking about the new kind of Marvy, Marvel Sony film, Madam Web. And I'm excited to hear about that. <laughs> That's right. Well. Let's let's start with you. Yeah. If that's okay. Sure. Yeah, because you've been coloring a lot and it <laughs> I think you well, I, I just I think you mentioned that you hadn't done it in a while, but it really kind of clicked for you lately. So Yeah. Tell yeah. us all about it. So this is actually because of you. You because you <laughs> knew I was gonna be laid up for a while, you sent me a an HP Lovecraft adult coloring book. <laughs> and I was like, this looks so much fun. So I got myself a really good set of markers. I already had some like colored pencils and stuff. And I had done adult coloring, but I had mostly used colored pencils. And while it was still relaxing and good, the modality of using colored pencils it's very tedious. It takes a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And you have to like basically constantly sharpen them. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can handle that. So I'm going to look up some stuff and see what other people recommend. And it was like, oh, these like sort of medium to fine tip markers that are specifically designed for the small spaces of adult coloring books are the way to go. So I got a really nice set of like Crayolas. They're like 40. Um, it's not a very like crazy set or anything but I've already had to replace a couple of them because I (laughs) I've been doing this constantly so I just kind of like pulled one out a couple of days after my procedure and was like well this will be nice because it won't be as much eye strain so no screens I can not have to watch tv while I do it so I was actually even though my hearing was messed up a little bit I would just play a podcast 
um, or an audiobook out loud while I did it. And so I would binge a couple of podcasts that I like a lot and nice. just kind of chill out. And I could end up doing this for hours. I like <laughs> I did a bunch of this yesterday, even even though now I'm I'm totally, you know, back to normal, back to work and everything. It's still something that I found that I really like. I got through like 99% of the Lovecraft book. Wow. And yeah, there was a couple that I just decided these, these look too hard or not very interesting. And there's only there's only so many tentacles you can color in certain exactly. ways. Scott, like I need a different topic. <laughs> so I also got a Gilmore Girls coloring oh. book and a one that's like cats with like Hindu symbols, mandalas and stuff that so mm -hmm. it's kind of like, like a lot of paisley and a lot of like intricate designs. And so that's very cute. And one from the movie Labyrinth, which I I got and I realized this is so unofficial and not not great, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> and I have an old Doctor Who one that I haven't ever finished. So I'm probably going to pull that out and do it too. Nice. But it's so like, again, you can take a total break from social media, but your mind is fully occupied. I do have, I've never been diagnosed, but I do think I have ADHD or um, there's a related syndrome called VAST, which I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically something similar to ADD, but it's sort of like induced by being too immersed with being kind of terminally online, as they say. <laughs> And I, I am a little bit too into my phone and picking my phone up and talking to people and, and going on Facebook and Reddit. And I used to be very addicted to Twitter and stuff. Yeah. And this allows me to just like, stop it. Don't do that. Don't check your work email. Don't, don't do anything. Focus on the thing you're listening to and the thing that you're doing. And you have to make a lot of, you know, creative decisions, but you're not, you're not doing totally original art. So you're not... I don't know, there's a little bit less pressure. But I do think it also, it's like I said, meditative. And I was looking some stuff up before we started today. And there are studies that show that it is really good for reducing anxiety, for helping mm -hmm. you with um, insomnia, for again, kind of disconnecting from the internet, and that it can spark creative thinking in other avenues. Because again, you don't... I mean, I occupy my mind in like two different ways while I'm doing it, but then there's still a level where you can kind of still be brainstorming and thinking about other stuff too. Right. And for me, like I, you know, I'm a runner and stuff and I really love to go slowly, slowly running <laughs> in the summertime and I'll, I'll do a similar thing while I listen to podcasts or listen to audiobooks or music. And I'm still able to have that third part of my brain doing some brainstorming creative thinking. So it was inducing the same sort of flow state. There's a Japanese term that I think is called ingari that is a similar kind of like flow state mode that you want to get into. And that's kind of what you're trying to do when you're meditating is to get into that mindset. And it was like exactly clicking me over into that every time I would do it. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I was doing it. There was a point where I was doing it so much that I'm like, oh, my hand is cramping. I don't know if I'm ever going to get this ink off my fingernail like you know, <laughs> it's a little too much that's the point where you need a break yes 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 so I have not been doing it quite as much as I was when I wasn't back to work and stuff but also with it being a really brutal January and the winter here was has been pretty bad um, until recently mm -hmm. it was great because I didn't really feel a lot of FOMO <laughs> for not going anywhere or doing anything <laughs> So for doing for taking your time when you're doing something like that, and I've heard of people 
you know, um, other people who are recovering from some kind of, you know, procedure that they get really into a certain mobile game or they get really into, you know, I did binge a lot of TV. I did read a lot. I did other things, but this was something where I could just kind of, you know, you can do it anywhere. It's highly portable. Although I did get, I got a little crazy with like getting a like box to hold all my stuff in. And I am starting to get into some of the accoutrements of the hobby. <laughs> I also got a paint by number kit and okay. I did do that a little bit. It It is a lot harder. Um, it yeah. wasn't doing the same flow state for me. I'm going to probably finish it, but it's something where I feel like I could pull this out every two weeks for an hour and that's enough for me until I can get it done. And I don't think I'll do another of those, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I there for a while, a few years back, maybe like eight years ago, I got really into doing digital art on my iPad. I would, I have a stylus and I would, um, sometimes I would trace images, but then turn them into something else. Sometimes I would try to like copy photographs or just do some original stuff or some sketching. And some of this has made me like, I got a little device that you can put on your phone where it allows you to do like tracing onto sketch paper and stuff and, and like turn something into a little bit more detailed artwork. So I may start doing some stuff like that. I mean, I used to take art a lot in high school and I just sort of stopped when I got to college. And I don't know that I want to do any kind of visual art in any even pseudo professional capacity. I think I designed a friend's album cover for an indie band once like 20 years ago. Ooh. Yeah, well, it didn't. <laughs> I don't think it was a bestseller or anything, but but I did used to play with Photoshop. I used to make I used to make icons for LiveJournal back in those social media days. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in our in our group chats, you always come up with quick Photoshops of memes. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> so that's about the level of of you know fine art that I want to do. But I think that doing these, you know, you don't really do anything with them when they're full, but. I mean, it's just kind of fun. And I, I joined a, a Reddit group for people showing their oh, work. And it, it just was really cute. cool. And it gave me some ideas of like, yeah, so like, how could I make this just a you know, even a little bit more pretty just to share with people like that, or I might put some stuff on Instagram or yeah. something. But yeah, and because you can make it kind of a pop culture thing by getting books based on you know, pop culture properties that you like. I'm sure there's a Star Wars one. I'm sure there's Star Trek ones. I'm sure there's... I have a Star Wars one. Do you? Do you? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and what is... So you've done these a little bit. What is your favorite kind of medium? Like, do you use markers? Do you use crayons? Do you use colored pencils? What do you like to use? Well, you have brought up a very good question because I use colored pencils because they are more fine than crayons Mm -hmm. but it takes a very long time yeah so i end up getting bored like pretty quickly like Mm -hmm. after an hour yeah and i'm nowhere close to finishing yeah yeah picture Mm -hmm. so now i'm i'm thinking maybe i should get some markers and and do it that way instead yeah because yeah i haven't done it in a while because it's a little bit tedious for me yeah The markers really speed the process up. And also a lot of people do mixed media. So you might have sections where you use colored pencils for things that are a little bit paler or require a light, a little bit of blending or something. But for sections that are a little bold, and I have found the markers to be limiting for certain things and they don't always look good. Gotcha. So I may start experimenting with some mixed media. Fun. So yeah, I would say... 
if you look up, like I did find the the Crayola set was pretty small learning curve, and it's just a set of forty, so it's and they're cheap. So nice. I did see some people like criticizing this, and I'm not going to name names, but in the what? in the Wikipedia page for coloring books, there's a section about criticism. There's somebody who thinks that people who do these and who also read young adult fiction is uh like bad and it's dumbing us down that's really weird to include on wikipedia well i mean is it a famous person it's someone i've never heard of okay that's mean yeah well and she's also talking about like let's not like send memes and gifts to each other either and there are also digital coloring applications that i probably would not find as satisfying yeah but i get why you might want to like if you get really addicted to this hobby which it is there is an addictive quality if you're out and about you might be like well let me just i need an app and kind of just get my little fix that way so i don't know what she what specific kinds of doing it she's talking about but honestly even though you're not creating the entirety of the image yourself you could have a coloring book page where you have two different people do it and depending on their media and mindset and just their you know, stylistic inspiration, they're going to come up with two completely different images at the end with a totally different mood and feel. And I do think in that sense, there is a huge amount of creative decision making that you're doing. And, and it can lead to thinking about other artworks. And obviously, you and I, our primary art form is writing. And I think sometimes doing something that is in another art form, but the one that we're not as like invested in, can still help spark interesting ideas in our primary. Do you know what I mean? So, exactly. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I'm heated about this criticism. <laughs> like, let people enjoy what they enjoy. Yes, right? Wow. I, I don't know. I just think a lot of people <laughs> don't like fun or they think that when you exactly. grow up, you have to abandon all things that you liked as a kid. And the thing is, adults are not usually doing coloring books for children. Although I got to say this Gilmore Girls one is so simplistic that I do wonder if it's kind of for <laughs> all ages, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you know, we need a little bit. But the like Lovecraft one and the, the cat one, it's like you need super duper fine motor skills and patience and the the little areas are extremely tiny. And right. I don't think children at least not super precocious advanced children could even do them. So to assume that it's just we're sitting there with like, you know, something that is for a three-year-old, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Yeah. So, And even if we were, who cares? Right. Right. Know, I'm really mad about this because I think it, <laughs> it also ties into my topic of Madame Webb. Yes, <laughs> it does. It does. I will say if you decide to start doing it with markers to do a little bit of testing on your pages. Okay. Because they do have a tendency to have a slightly greater amount of bleed through. Most adult coloring books only have images on the right side and not on the left. Not all, but but most. So that if there is bleed through, it's not going to be as bad. But you may want to put like a piece of construction paper in between pages if your markers bleed a little bit. So that's my other. Good to know. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And, you know, take breaks, have good glasses on, have good light source. <laughs> yes. I was doing it into the later night, and I know the ones that I did when I couldn't see as well were not as good. So. Yeah, always remember to have a good light source. Yes. I get yelled at for that at home sometimes. For re reading with low light. 
yeah yeah or doing crafts yeah yeah, yeah. i almost want to get a little like ring light just for this because i think that would make it easier anyway do it yeah anyway but yeah <laughs> no i think i think if you got back into it you would also find it similarly very satisfying i think so too yeah well cool so yeah, similarly, like things getting criticized that we like to do, or you saw Madam Web, which I even today before we recorded was seeing people like <laughs> slamming it online. So yeah, yeah, it's really kind of upsetting. I every time I go on Twitter, there are insults about it, and it's got like an eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes oh, and my. a three point something on IMDb, and I'm just <laughs> like, I don't. I don't understand where the hate is coming from. Yeah. But anyway, I had a blast at this movie. Okay. It's a Sony Marvel film. So not total. It's not really Marvel. It's a Sony film. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the hate is coming from. I think people are sort of a little bit blinded by Marvel and how they do things. So Mm -hmm. if anything deviates from that formula, (laughs) they're like, (laughs) oh, bad. (laughs) And also, I mean, I do think some of what goes into it is this is a movie by and about women there are four main characters and they're all women and then the the villain is a guy mm-hmm. and it's directed by a woman S.J. Clarkson who also did she's I think mostly done tv so far mm-hmm. but she did some episodes of Jessica Jones mm. and the defenders so she's not a stranger to superheroes you know mm-hmm. and then oh, okay do you know anything about the story i only i've seen the preview a few times i do know a little bit about how it deviates from the comics character but i really don't know too much more than that yeah okay and i'm not super familiar with the comics character i think she's a little bit lesser known mm-hmm. you know she's certainly certainly not like spider-man or spider-woman mm-hmm so Dakota Johnson stars as Cassandra Webb, and she's a paramedic in New York. Mm-hmm. And actually, hang on, we have to go back 30 years. Because, oh, okay. Because <laughs> it actually starts with her mom, who is, as we know, in the Amazon researching spiders. Oh, sure. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she... Come, she's looking for this very rare spider that is said to have special properties and she thinks it can have healing properties so she's very interested in it for its healing properties but there's also an urban legend where the spider can give people abilities and there are these people called los aranos and they can do things like climb through the trees and have spider-like abilities and they help people and hunt down bad guys and stuff like that. But that she's very much like, that's an urban legend or mm-hmm. whatever. She doesn't believe it. And then she has a partner named Ezekiel Sims, played by Tahar Rahim. And when they find the spider, Ezekiel actually tries to take it. And he ends up shooting the mom, whose name I can't remember right now. I, I apologize. <laughs> Constance, I think. Mm-hmm. I think she's played by Carrie Bichet. And so he runs off with this very super special spider. And the Los Aranos come and they try to save the mom. 
who is heavily pregnant mm. and they can't save her but they do save cassandra mm-hmm. so that's the little prologue and then you flash forward 30 years later so this actually takes place in 2003 which is oh. a great choice that's weird why did they decide not to make it present day um i think because a lot of the characters well this is an origin story okay and you have the three teenagers will grow into superheroes so i think they're sort of setting up okay we can jump 10 or 20 years in the future and they'll be okay full-fledged okay yeah 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 so I think that's why they did it. But they also might have done it because it made for some great music cues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> the music was great. But we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So we pick up in 2003 and Cassandra is a paramedic with her partner, Ben Parker, played by Adam Scott. Oh. And if you know comics, you know Ben Parker is Spider-Man's uncle. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah Uncle Ben. That okay. Ben Parker. Oh, Uncle okay. Ben. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle to Peter Parker. Okay. So they're paramedics and they are saving someone and they're they're pulling someone out of a trapped car that's like on the edge of a bridge. Mm-hmm. And Ben ends up getting the driver out, but Cassandra and the car fall into the river. Mm-hmm. And when she's down there, she experiences some weird crap like you do (laughs) in a superhero film Mm -hmm. uh, when you've got a strange pass. And then Ben pulls her out and is like, you have been dead for three minutes. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she's just like, whatever. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) She's very, I think part of. The reason I love this film is Dakota Johnson is so dry. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, it's funny. I think it can possibly rub people the wrong way. But I think she's a very funny character. So she comes back and she starts experiencing weird stuff. Like (laughs) she will basically see like a minute or two into the future. Mm-hmm. But she kind of experiences it, it as deja vu. Oh, okay. So she does not know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they go to a baby shower for Mary Parker, Ben's sister-in-law, mm-hmm. who is going to give birth to Peter, as we know. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she's she's actually played by Emma Roberts, who I did not even know was in this film. Oh, okay. Weird. <laughs> I know. And Cassandra's just, like, being a weirdo at this party. (laughs) (laughs) Partly because she's really awkward and partly because she's experiencing this weird clairvoyance and she doesn't know what's going on, really. Mm -hmm. So they actually get called away to an accident scene and all of this clairvoyant stuff strengthens and she sees the fire chief die. Oh. And like she sees herself trying to give him CPR and, and he's dead. It's not working. Mm-hmm. And she's just like really confused. And she tries to he dies because he gets he drives the ambulance off and he gets hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. And she tries to get him to let her drive. But he's just like, no, you got to go help those people. And then like 
five seconds later, he gets he drives off and he gets hit by the truck. Mm-hmm. So this vision that she had comes true, and she's just like really put off by it, and is also really upset by the fact that she felt like she couldn't change it. Mm-hmm. So the day comes for his funeral, and she's depressed and she's sitting in her apartment and is just like i'm not gonna go she has a little vision where um a bird flies into her window Mm -hmm. and then as like a little experiment she opens the window and she's like oh this isn't even gonna help but the bird flies into her apartment and it flies back out and it's fine and she has this moment of like oh wait maybe i can help with this gift Mm -hmm. so she goes to the train station to head to poughkeepsie for the funeral and that's where you know the proverbial crap hits the fan (laughs) (laughs) because all three of these girls who are julia cornwall played by sydney sweeney anya corazon played by isabella merced and maddie franklin played by celeste o'connor They all get on the same train, Mm -hmm. and she sees all of them get killed by Ezekiel Sims Mm -hmm. coming onto the train. And Ezekiel Sims is after them because he has also seen visions of his future death. And these three girls are in superhero suits, and they have spider-like abilities, and they come and they kill him. Mm -hmm. And this is 2003, so... He and his associate, Amaria, played by Zoja Mamet, they're using like state-of-the-art tech for the time where they're tapping into all the cameras in the city and using facial recognition. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty, it's advanced, but it's also kind of spotty because it depends on the cameras and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But they finally find them all in the train station and Ezekiel goes and... <laughs> Cassandra sees all of their deaths and then she starts freaking out and she's like, you all have to come with me or you're going to (laughs) die. And I was like, yeah, I would go with you. (laughs) So it starts this big chase. It's it reminded me a lot of Terminator Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have a couple characters who are trying to escape death and there's one character who is coming to kill them and it, you know, there are some chase scenes and there are some rest scenes where you get to know each other and then there's more chase and then it builds up to the final climax. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a thriller than a superhero movie. Like Cassandra doesn't have a lot of powers. Mm-hmm. She knows some stuff because she's a paramedic and she's able to teach the girls CPR and stuff like that. But she doesn't have any special abilities like she hasn't taken karate classes or anything (laughs) like that or like self-defense like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have a lot at her uh i don't know what i'm i don't know what the word is there's a phrase disposal thank you (laughs) but she uses what she can she's pretty resourceful she is into stealing cars (laughs) she's a pretty good driver because um she's used to driving an ambulance in new york city Mm -hmm. so that comes in handy but yeah, it's just kind of about saving these girls. And she's she starts off really jaded. Um, you could tell in her friendship with Ben, like he's really her only friend mm-hmm. and the other guys in the department. Um, but she's not super 
effusive like they probably don't hang out a lot she just kind of does her job and they hang out at work and that's kind of it Mm -hmm. and then over the course of the movie like the girls at the beginning are like what are you like have you kidnapped us (laughs) and she's just like no you gotta trust me and they form a really deep bond Mm -hmm. with each other too because the girls don't really like each other at first Mm -hmm. and throughout the movie like they kind of become like her surrogate daughters Mm -hmm. and i just like i love found family Mm -hmm. and I love that she became so dedicated to protecting them. She was like, if there's going to be one thing that I do in this world, it's going to be keeping you guys from dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I barely know you, but it's I feel that responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really fun. I had a blast. It was silly in places because superhero movies are. I really don't get the hate for it. Mm-hmm. If anything, like some of the dialogue is cheesy, but that's par for the course. Mm-hmm. I thought the end sequence was pretty cool. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people slamming it online, but I think it makes a lot of sense for the characters and that they're not big fighters. They're not big superheroes yet because it's an origin story. So I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with it. Like I said, the, the music cues were very fun. Uh, we got sort of a chase scene to Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) The end credit scene was Dreams by the Cranberries. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, I thought the characters were winning. I liked all the girls. I liked Ben a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just had so much fun and I'm probably going to go see it again just to (laughs) defy the people who hate it. Well, that does sound really fun. Yeah, I think I think some of the criticism, yeah, is maybe a little has certain <laughs> nefarious purposes behind it. But I do think that there is the sense that the Sony Marvel movies are not real Marvel movies, and they're yeah. done as kind of preserving certain IPs and all this, and it's just like a holding pattern until Marvel can get their rights back to certain things. Right. And the character in the comics, again, I haven't read them, but I did read about this, is extremely different yeah. uh, and much, much older. But hearing you describe the fact that it's set in the past, that makes sense then. So if they're setting up mm-hmm. like Spider-Woman or whatever, um, and that Madam Web will later be sort of more of her mentor or whatever, that makes all total sense. Yes. And the last scene speaks to that because okay. the last scene is more of her comic book persona. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it definitely sets it up for the future. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if I'll make it to see it in the theater before it may disappear, but I will. That's okay. I will likely watch it on streaming. I do remember that people were also sort of similarly mean about the Morbius movie, mm-hmm. even though that was not female centric. And I think it was just more of a quality issue. So I'm hoping people are just annoyed at Sony quasi Marvel and that it's not as pointed as it as we suspect but i think there's a little bit of yeah. both so i think so yeah. i don't know some people just hate fun <laughs> they, do, they do honestly i'm convinced of it yeah yeah <laughs> i think there's also been some some castigation of dakota johnson throughout her career for having famous parents and step parents and stuff but that doesn't mean that she's not yeah. talented in her own right so 
I agree. I do generally like her. I saw she hosted Saturday Night Live recently and it was pretty funny. So, but she does have that dry, sardonic. I think people can't always tell when she's kidding kind of a persona. Right. And I relate to some of that a little bit. But But I love Adam Scott. So like that, that is, I didn't even know he was in it. Yep. I have to say I'm not a fan of Sydney Sweeney. I find her odd and off-putting, but is she more (laughs) likable in this? I think so. Yeah. I don't have a big opinion of her. Okay. But her character's, her character's a little bit sad. They're actually Mm. all sad. Mm-hmm. You find out about halfway through that they don't have good home lives oh. for various reasons. Mm-hmm. So they don't really have anyone to look out for them, mm. which is part of part of where the connection comes from, because mm-hmm. Cassandra grew up in foster care. Oh, so she's kind of like, oh, there's no I can't give you back to your parents because they don't they either don't care or they're not there. So I thought her character was sympathetic and mm-hmm. I thought the the girls like I said, they grew to like each other and there's some good banter there. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't think you'll mind her that okay. much. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, sounds fun. So yeah, that Madam Web is still in theaters as of this recording. We'll mm-hmm. see how long that remains the case. <laughs> and you can find adult coloring books anywhere. I have found some online on various online retailers, you know, big, big online retailers included. Um, I imagine that craft stores would have these too. They do. I'm not trying to endorse Crayola. I don't want this to seem, although if Crayola wants to sponsor our <laughs> podcast, we would take it. You can sponsor us, Crayola. <laughs> that would be a fun <laughs> sponsor, but... You know, I've seen other brands that are that look similarly wonderful. So wherever you get your crafting supplies. Well, next time we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to join us then. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to our merch store, as well as our email, PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.